You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, online at acaville.org. Acaville, a wall of sound you won't want to break down. At the top of the hour this hour, Aussie Video Award finalists. We're well into the season for the Australian Acapella Awards, and the national finalists for the video competition have been announced. There are 14 in the Scholastic Division and 15 in the Open, including the Academics, Burgundy Blue, and the Acapelicans. All of the finalist videos are on their website, and there's some amazing talent on display. Eligible groups must have come from Australia or New Zealand and be from 3 to 35 members. The open competition is further divided into bands, those under eight singers, and ensembles with eight or more. Head over to the site at ausaca.com and spend some time watching these great groups. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. Today, I am joined by one of my very good friends, Wyatt Jackson. Wyatt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. So, Wyatt, I think you were actually on the you were on the fifth episode of all time, I believe, of Tacapella ever. You were you were really early on. So, um, Wyatt was the kind of point man, the person I. My my acapella heir, if you will, that I was like, okay, he's going to be the music director after I graduate. And that's worked out pretty well. This was for my group, the Timbermen at the University of Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington. Check them out on Facebook. We'll talk about that at the end when we plug everything. But uh, Wyatt just finished his first year as, like, first full year as the musical director of Timbermen. And we're just going to talk about that today. So, Wyatt, before we dive in, uh, just tell listeners a little bit about yourself and your acapella history. Yeah. So, right now, I just finished my sophomore year at uh, UPS. And I've been doing acapella now for three, uh, coming on my fourth year. Uh, I did a year or two in high school with my school group there. And then uh, when I came to UPS, I auditioned and joined the Timberman. uh, And I've been doing that ever since. Boom. All right. Yeah, because Wyatt was... I believe the you were the only music major who auditioned to that year, as I recall, or something like that. So that that worked out great for us. And how it worked was me and uh, the other bass baritone in the group. Me and him left halfway through the year. So then Wyatt and another uh, acapella or another Timberman, uh, Alex Lukey, who was also on an episode, switched in with us, uh, uh, switched out partway through the year. So worked out beautifully for us. So. Wyatt, let's dig into the year. This is, uh, you know, this was your first year as the starting out as the director of Timberman. As I said, you took over halfway through the year before. Um, just give, like, give us a brief overview, like, in just a couple of words. How was it? Tough, easy, challenging, you know, cakewalk, whatever. What was it like? Uh, tough, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I knew it wasn't rewarding. Be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rewarding in a lot of ways. Um, it like it cha- it challenged me to grow. It challenged me to force the others in the group to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, just a very rewarding experience overall. Uh, something I wouldn't ever hesitate to do again if I had to. If I had to redo it all, mm-hmm. I'd do it all again. Um, and 
like it helped me with my person to person skills, my musical skills. Um, it helped me in ways that like a class couldn't teach me or mm-hmm. that like conventional choral training couldn't yeah. teach me. It really forced me to be hands on and just put me right in that situation. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's what I realized I was doing when I said, hey, you're going to be the music director, is throwing you in the deep end. And I knew that, um, and this is something that has come up before in actually one of my graduate classes at Colorado State, where they're like, the people who have like the best, the choir directors who have like the best oral skills and person-to-person skills and like just have a lot of musical experience and know how to recognize when things are out of tune or vowels aren't matching are usually the people in acapella groups because they get that regular, just every week, like two or three times a week, that regular experience, that uh, that hands-on experience that you can't get in a classroom. So let's let's start out at the beginning of the year, auditions. What was it like? Because I have like a very specific way I do auditions. I just go like kind of manic and just like try and get every performance I can in before the beginning of the year, put posters up everywhere. Like I want to do everything. And usually the group can't do everything, which is fine because that doesn't make sense. But how was it um, going into the year knowing, because as I believe you needed to fill uh, one, two, two tenor spots. That was it, right? One for the, yeah, no, it was two tenor spots that you needed, right? Yeah. So yeah. So going in uh, to the year, we were very uh, bass heavy. We had uh, myself, I'm a bass two, uh, and then a baritone, a bass baritone, and one tenor. So in order to kind of even it out, we were aiming for two to fill two tenor spots. Um, and so we went in with that kind of as our main goal and knowing that the pro- going into it, myself and Alex Lukey, who is our president uh, for the year, we were both really nervous because <laughs> both first time for both of us. Um, we just kind of tried to not fall apart and not let the <laughs> the rest of the group know that we were about to fall apart going crazy. Um, but we just kind of wanted to make sure that we like had a booth with the rest of the acapella groups that we are side by side right next to them on an even field. Uh, so we could all uh, advertise equally with them to get the best shot at finding that talent that was out there coming in, whether they be incoming uh, first years or people who were on campus that hadn't auditioned before. And I, I tried to focus on presenting us as very as a very unique experience mm-hmm. uh, compared to the rest of the groups. I mean, they're all going to provide their own unique experience because all the groups are different in different mm-hmm. ways. But I, I kind of tried to focus on, hey, we're the smallest, we're a tenor-based group, um, we do like a, a genre, a style that none of the other groups really ever touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that helped a lot. Um, it helped us stand out a little bit more than we would have, than we would have if we had just kind of been like, Hey, look at us there and been like, Hey, we're another Aquabel yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that was something that I wish I had done in going into my first uh, uh, year holding auditions for Timberman because it was very much like, I I mean, the point about the booths is huge. I remember for, because, and I think pretty much every university has this, there's like a club rush where all the freshmen and all the, you know, I mean, the first years and all the new people come out to see the clubs and sign up and whatnot. And that's usually when acapella groups 
that's where you get your signups and stuff. And that's where acapella groups perform and advertise. And our first year, we only had two returning members. First year of auditions, we only had two returning members. So we couldn't perform. And then at the beginning, they actually put us, because we were so new, The they didn't know we were an acapella group. So they put us like over in like the nature section because they were like, oh, you're the timber man. So you're like a forestry group. And we're like, no, no, we're an acapella group. So that sucked. And I you know, moved us around. But I think that idea of just like making it super clear to anyone who's coming in, here are the four campus acapella groups. Here's all of them side by side, making it like explicitly like spelling it out for people who are just walking by, um, who, who are there. So I think, I mean, I think that's huge. I think that's a really important point that seems simple, but when it comes to like, you know, just it's like you're running an ad campaign. You need to do you need to lean into everything you got. And I think talking about the stuff that makes you different as a group is huge because I didn't do that. I just was like, yeah, we're, we're a smaller group. But talking about that Timberman generally does doo-wop and barbershop some uh, stuff. And I also think, Wyatt, your point about people who uh, are already on campus, because I think. Um, I know this is my perspective again. And uh, when we did auditions for year year, we took three freshmen, you know, you, Alex, Lukey, and uh, Aaron, uh, who was another tenor, because that was, I think a lot of people see the freshmen as like the young blood, the most time they could put into a group because they're going to be there for four years or possibly more. But uh, I know this year, um, uh, I believe you guys had a uh, Colin who is, uh, who's another tenor. He joined your guys' group and he was a uh, junior. Is that correct? Or a sophomore, junior or sophomore? Uh, he's actually a sophomore. Yeah, yeah okay. Because I remember. Alex and I is here. Yeah, oh, okay. Because he signed up, I remember the year before, then couldn't make it. And uh, honestly, I remember uh, someone who also got close to getting in the group at one point was like a junior who was had a great voice, didn't work out. But it's um, just this perspective of not over focusing both yourselves and how you're marketing your group just to first years because then then you could end up missing out on some cool people so i'm i am happy I, this is this eases my heart knowing that you were doing all these <laughs> things that i didn't think of when i had to do it so so how did how did like the auditions day go after you had had signups after you had finished up your uh you know the club rush where everyone's getting ready to actually um after everyone's already signed up for the groups yeah, it was actually kind of overall, uh, like as a year for auditions in general, it was kind of a weird year. Um, I know Garden Level, the other tenor bass acapella group, didn't have a whole lot of people. I mean, they had a lot of people audition, but they didn't have like as many in the past years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they usually um, get a lot. And we felt a similar effect. Gotcha. Um. And especially since we had to limit kind of the legitimate pool that we are looking at from tenor bass to solely tenor, that really cuts down on a lot, especially since kind of the common voice type is baritone. Yep. And so we didn't have a whole lot of people uh, sign up as it was. Um, but when it came to like audition day, and going through a good a good number of like most of the people who had signed up followed through and came to the audition, uh, which was nice to see. And um, a, a couple cool things happened that um, I didn't really expect, but that, that ended up being pretty cool is that we had um, 
we had one or two people um, sign up on audition who uh, were actually women I, who could sing in the tenor range, mm-hmm. signing up and aud- and coming to auditions to try and be in the group. And we didn't end up adding them to the group, but uh, it still turned out really well. And it was great to see um, something that most people might consider unexpected mm-hmm. to happen. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's a real, I think that's a promising sign in that, um, you know, and this was a precedent that I started going into my second year of auditions there and was never like a rule, but, you know, and I think this should be the same for all acapella groups. And I'm glad Timberman has continued it, that gender identity does not matter when you're auditioning for a group. It's like, it's what your larynx is, frankly. Like I know, um, what do you call it? And there's no way to describe Lorenzi's without using male or female. But like, I had a good friend of mine in high school who uh, was female, ident- is you know was uh, cisgender female, but she could sing like a B flat pretty loudly, like a like a B flat two B flats below middle C, and that was just her voice. And like when she would go high, it sounded like you know ascending into a cisgender male passaggio. So. I would have been like, you know, uh, you know, I don't really remember how good of an actual singer and musician she was, but like that make, I don't, I wouldn't see any reason why someone like that couldn't audition for a group if they have like this person had a pretty big larynx for a woman. Um, and that worked out great for her because she got to do like unique roles and whatnot and do some interesting things with her voice. So, uh, I'm, I think it's good that what, what that shows me about that, uh, just like women signed up is that, uh, you and you guys as a group in no way presented an unaccepting environment in just the little snapshots they see. And even with the name is Timberman, it's a pretty gendered name. Uh, so, but they still thought you guys were open and accepting enough that that didn't turn them off. So that's like, I think I should be proud of that. Cause even if it's just like two people, like it's that, fe- that must feel pretty good. Just being like, Hey, yeah, people don't feel like we have like, you know, this sense of toxic masculinity or anything like that. So that's pretty cool. How did um, the auditions go for the people who uh, ended up joining the group? Yeah, as you were saying earlier, yeah, it de- it does feel really good to have all that, and we're yeah. we're really happy to for all that reception um, for the auditions of the two people who uh, ended up joining, uh, Colin and Caster. They were both really strong in their auditions. Um, I had talked with Colin in the year before about joining in that first semester when I was leader of the group about auditioning that year. And I was glad when uh, he got back in touch with me about coming to audition. And so um, he he was very good at his audition. He um, showed a very strong musicality uh, and very strong range, which is uh, definitely something that I was looking for. And his probably one of the strongest parts um about his voice i mean the his his whole voice is very very strong he's very <laughs> talented um but w- w- one of the strongest parts of his voice was uh his falsetto range which provides a lot of unique um opportunities for mm-hmm. songs that we can do as a group and sounds that we can create um so i i definitely wanted to Snatch capitalize on that right yeah, in the group. definitely and then the other one was uh caster you said right yeah yeah caster uh he was great um he came in uh i think he is mostly studying theater i can't remember what his major is off the top of my head 
and so he had a very uh, comfortable presence uh, performing yeah. in front of people, which is also something that we, we want to capitalize on uh, in our group. Um, and he he performed very well in his uh, solo song demonstration. Um, he sounded very strong. I really liked um, how his voice sounded. It was it was like a unique sound, but also very comfortable and warm like not like it's not going to stand out mm -hmm. while we're doing group blending but when he's doing a solo it's it sounds good yeah i think um something that uh, that i've talked about with um frequent guest on the show daniel wolford who uh was just on the show uh recently is the idea of um just using kind of a almost a metaphor here but um or an example is uh, when you're arranging like songs, when you're taking something, you know, from that is originally has instruments and, you know, stuff like drums and guitar and whatnot and lots of harmonies and whatnot. And when you're re and when you're adapting that for acapella, the thing that you need to recognize is that there are not many, there are not as many vocal tools as there are like instrumental tools in terms of like an acapella group can make can't make as many unique sounds as uh, a, a full band can. And so I think um, when you have, uh, like you said, with uh, Collins falsetto or Caster's unique solo voice, I think those are things that are really nice to have just that you can just like an extra thing in your pocket, like your back pocket. Then you're like, yeah, we can do this now and we can perform Barbara Ann, you know, by the Beach Boys or something like that. And we can tap into that kind of performance, just like not like looking for gimmicks, but looking for things that especially in a small group are just going to give you more tools to work with. Cause now that, you know, Colin has a great falsetto, you can like potentially write in a higher harmony part, uh, or like that goes an octave up or something in your next arrangement for something, stuff like that. Or you can, uh, feature caster or like on a big lead solo, know that he can command that kind of thing. It's these things that I feel are not always the uh, most obvious things to look for in auditions. They'll stick out, but I think people need to recognize like, Hey, we're an acapella group. We arrange for our group so we can make use of these cool little things that our group can do. So I, I had a very similar thing with uh, when we did auditions for my group, the Mountain Horns, this past year where, um, what do you call it? We just had this guy audition who's a great, great tenor, and he also like can do incredible like belting gospel stuff and that was just so then we could use that kind of voice in different and we, then we could do different kinds of pieces and then we tapped into a different genre and people heard different kinds of music than they're used to hearing from acapella groups etc etc so i think uh i kind of when i think of um you know i have a standard audition form i always have where i make notes i kind of want to put like an extra thing there at the bottom besides like range timbre or whatever just like cool stuff just like just something that's like, hey, this is worth noting that we could use, even though probably putting cool stuff on an audition form is a little weird, but still, it, <laughs> it works. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. Great. So we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we've been talking to Wyatt Jackson all about the University of Puget Sound Timberman and what he has done with the group and how it has been taking over the group and kind of making it his own and some of the challenges and rewards he has uh, faced throughout his years. So we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. Well, she was more like a beauty queen from a movie 
me that's really true But my friends, you have seen nothing Just wait till I get through Because I'm bad, I'm bad I'm really, really bad You know I'm bad, I'm bad You know it, come on Because I'm bad, I'm bad I'm really, really bad And the whole world has to answer right now Just to tell you once again Because I'm bad, I'm bad You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where every instrument is portable. And welcome back to Tacapella. Nice. All right. So uh, today, everyone, we are talking with Wyatt Jackson, the musical director of the University of Puget Sound Timberman, which was a group I founded uh, when I was there during my undergrad. And uh, today we're just talking about Wyatt's first year as the musical director and just kind of hearing the story of Timberman uh, throughout this school year. So we just talked about auditions and obviously the lifeblood of an acapella group is its performances. And at University of Puget Sound, there is a large performance where all of the different acapella groups, uh, there's four, come together and do just like a big, you know, big performance with uh, all the groups. They do like a group song at the end, I'm pretty sure. And every group gets its chance to uh, show off. So Wyatt, uh, what was it like, uh, you know, those first rehearsals with your uh, two new members going through the air, working your way up to the extravaganza? Yeah, it was it was definitely a blast. Uh, it was great having uh, those two new members in. They brought in a lot of uh, new enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone was already enthusiastic, but they brought in <laughs> even more. Uh, so I knew it was going to be a, a great year. Um, everyone seemed really excited. Yeah, like you were saying, we have at UPS, there's the big acapella extravaganza. And we, we are still doing the, the group songs, which is great. <laughs> um, kind of just tan- tangentially, a, a funny question that a lot of people seem to ask us this year is like, oh, do you guys do like acapella battles like in pitch perfect oh my god those and aren't just, a thing it, <laughs> those aren't real it, 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 we just laughed so hard every time and it's it's just so funny see what i think i envision when i what i envision that happening is like two groups try and like out sing each other and then it just turns into like a flat out gang war and they're just physical there's just physical violence and that's it no singing <laughs> i do know in seattle they're doing a beatbox battle thing which that makes sense but like a whole group doing like <laughs> there's the riff off is not real i've never unless a listener out there has been in a riff off who wants to write in tweet me because i want to know if this is a thing but i'm pretty sure they uh they're definitely not as common as uh what do you call it? Pitch Perfect makes it uh, makes out to be. I think how it would work out if there was ever like a real acapella battle is the scene in Pitch Perfect 2 where it's the Green Bay Packers where they get up there and they like don't know what to sing and they, they're not on the same wavelength at all and they're in like four different keys. That's what a real acapella battle would be like. Sorry, I just wanted to go on that rant because it bugs me when people ask me that. Continue, Wyatt. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I went off on that tangent. No, but it's, yes, it's important. Definitely. That is exactly what it would be like in real life. Um, so for all of you out there listening who think that, yeah, no, 
acapella battles aren't real yet. Yet. As I was saying, uh, with the acapella extravaganza, uh, this year, uh, the groups uh, talked, like, I don't know how communicative uh, people, like, the groups were in the past, uh, but this year, like, we had um, a chat, a Facebook chat between all the yeah, group leaders where we discussed things and voted on things and, like, oh. um diplomatically decided group orders and stuff like that to try that's and nice. like, make sure that's nice we didn't have that <laughs> we had a <laughs> we had a chat but like i i vividly remember a couple and we talked about this on like our 10th episode ever like uh we talked about like the cutthroat nature of acapella politics and how it can get really toxic and like we had a Facebook chat with other group leaders, but there was no like, let's all decide this together. It's usually like, this is how we're doing it. And that's it from like one of the group members. So that, that makes me happy. Things have gotten a little more diplomatic and a little more uh, respectful. Also probably a really good thing for a group like Timberman where it's small and it's the newest group. Yeah. I, and Alex and I were definitely uh, kind of pushing for that a lot. And we were happy to see yeah. that, it was a very equal environment as much as it could be. And people yeah. were very, all the leaders were very respectful of each other, which was great to see. Um, Cause that way everyone's a lot happier and it's a lot, everything just goes a lot better. Yeah. Definitely. The less drama, less Aka drama. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. Um, the, the group song was great. Um, kind of, I think they continued what was the song? with a system that they've, uh, don't let the sun go down on me. Nice. That is a good choice. Yeah, it was great. It was an amazing arrangement. Uh, I believe Michael Stahl and uh, Caitlin uh, Kerwin mm-hmm. both uh, arranged it. I think it was ma- mostly them two, but mm-hmm. it was an amazing arrangement. It sounded incredible cool. when we put all the groups together and had the big group uh rehearsals nice it was a ton of fun yeah so what was it like getting to that point what were rehearsals like you know what was it like being in the trenches for that first semester leading up to uh you know this new for this new iteration of the group that uh that group's like first big campus-wide performance what, what was it like leading up to that yeah uh i mean i knew from the get-go that the, even though the concert date looked really far away, uh, it's like, oh, two and a half months. That's like forever. Uh, I knew it was going to sneak up on me and Always does. hit me over the back of the head with a chair, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no matter how, how much I prepared for it, it's still going to surprise me. <laughs> um, but I would, I mean, at the, even though I'd already led the group for a semester, going in uh at the beginning of the year i was still i was still pretty nervous leading leading rehearsals but i just kind of tried to focus on learning learning our stuff trying to be as efficient with our time as possible um setting goals uh for the members and the group as a whole to so that we could be what we wanted to be and show Mm -hmm. like a a large campus audience who we are because I mean, even though it's a small campus, there are still a few people who don't know the Timberman yeah. yet because we are still such a young group. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think 
uh, that's why for me, like I was always more, even though we did less songs, doing the acapella extravaganza for me was always a bit more stressful because like everyone comes to the acapella extravaganza, like it is the thing to do that night on campus. Whereas when people come to the solo concerts, yeah, that's cool, but they already know who you are because they're coming to your concerts. So when it's an acapella extravaganza, it's like the most, uh, any group on the University of Puget Sound campus, it's the most any group gets like FaceTime with them a big chunk of the campus body. So like, I remember uh, our first acapella extravaganza, I was nervous as hell. Uh, I think we did all right. I don't think we did amazing, uh, but it was still like, uh, you know, a big unveiling. And I think, yeah, because Timberman is uh, going to be four years old come uh, September. That's, that's a weird thing to say. The group's turning four years old, um, but that's kind of cool. So I think, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I think that's a really good point about people still not knowing that, uh, you're a thing and that's not due to, I think any faults of you or me or anyone who's been in the group. I think it's just like, Hey, when you're a group that's as small as Timberman and you don't have all the opportunities, some of the other groups have because they've been around longer. It's, you know, for me, half of, I felt like half of my time in Timberman or like 60% was music stuff and like, okay, choosing songs and arranging them and, and 40% was like, not just scheduling performances, but like making the campus aware we existed. Cause that's, that can be a pretty tricky thing to navigate sometimes, especially even on a small campus, like university of Puget sound, it was still like, okay, there's a lot of niches to this campus. It's a small liberal arts school. And, you know, acapella has ve- has gone back and forth in terms of how popular it is over the, over the years. So I think, um, when you have these big group performances where all the groups on campus perform, it's less of a, Hey, let's get all the groups together and do something fun. Like, yeah, that's what it is in concept, but for the individual groups and from the perspective of the individual leaders, it's like, we have to show everyone we're real and that we kick butt. Uh, so that's, that was, that's stressful. So, uh, good on you for, you know, (laughs) succeeding. Yeah. So, uh, why, what were some of the, twists and turns the ups and downs the unexpected stuff that was unexpected for you going through mm-hmm. this year being the leader of Tipperman. uh yeah probably and i mean i i mentioned that this just a couple minutes ago uh the one of the biggest things is just how quickly the year goes by and how quickly deadlines come up on you um really that a- anybody has that experience like outside of acapella as well like yeah deadlines come up on you and it's surprising um but i'd say another like a another challenge would be that like it's hard being in a smaller acapella group where um you're friends with everybody in the group because even though you're in rehearsal to work and to learn the music and prep for the concert there are times where you catch yourself kind of trying to have a little bit of fun and goof off and all this and like you lose track and then all of a sudden ah that's 20 minutes of your rehearsal that you've been goofing off and it was fun but now you have to yeah. make up for that um yeah another thing uh, along along the lines of rehearsal is just kind of managing not only your own schedule but the schedule of basically everyone else in the group because um, even if you have consistent schedule times uh, for rehearsal every week and it's the same time, there are always going to be like one-time events that someone has to go mm-hmm. to that's required for a class or something or just random things that pop up that you can't plan for. And 
a really big thing with the small group is if you're missing even just one person, it's nearly it makes it infinitely more difficult to rehearse whatever song that may be or all of the songs. I absolutely agree. That was something that uh, Mountain Horns ran into a lot this year. There were so many things that always conflicted with our rehearsals because we had very specific, very short windows of rehearsals. So when like someone would get sick or like there was a show or something, it's like, okay, I guess we don't rehearse for two weeks because that was just how stuff like lined up. And it was just like, uh, okay. Um, And that's for me why I've like now started besides just like setting – a time where it's like, this is when we meet every week, which is, you need those, obviously. Uh, Also identifying when you set the schedule for the beginning of the year, recognizing times uh, other people are also open, that you like, if you need to, you can reschedule rehearsal to that time. Uh, Because especially in a small group, what is nice is, I mean, the counter to, hey, if someone's not here, it's going to be hard to rehearse. The counter is, if it's five or six people, it's not the hardest thing in the world to reschedule. I imagine for larger groups where there are like 13 to 16 people, it's like, Hey, can everyone do this time? Like, no, like if it's not, if it's outside of the specific time you set apart, that is, that is much harder than just trying to reschedule a group of uh, five or six people because uh, I mean, just less people it's just, and that's easier. So it's, that can be a tricky thing sometimes in terms of like having something stable, but I think, uh, I mean, the a big thing for me in making Timberman as small as I did was having a group that could like change up, change things on a dime really quickly. Like, hey, it's sunny out. Let's go sing for the sororities or something. Can everyone do that? And I only need to hear back from like three or four people to go do that. Like, ooh, that's that's kind of fun. And we could also that was as many as I could fit in the car at the time. But um, it's <laughs> that kind of I know, but that kind of idea, like you said, can be can definitely be a negative at some point and i think your point about um friendship and communication well yes it is easy to get distracted i think that's just something that like you know every group works on and every group leader recognizes and gets better at recognizing but i think what's what i think is i mean i i'm not upset hearing that you guys were bonding in rehearsal because what that means is and we and we talked about this recently with another guest on Tacapella. when you're friends with the people in your group you feel more accountable to them for learning your stuff. Cause like, let's say, um, Wyatt, I was in Timberman right now and you're the musical director. If you all say, Hey, you need to, we need to learn this song by, um, you know, next week, you need to learn the first 20 measures of sound of silence or whatever. Uh, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I got to do that. And then if I don't do that, it's not that I'm letting just the group down. I feel like, Oh, I let Wyatt down. Cause he's my friend. We talk about star Wars and superheroes. And now it's like, this thing is kind of in between us because I didn't, it's not that I just bailed on a commitment where, you know, someone can say, man, I totally didn't study for my math test. That doesn't affect your relationship with your fellow students. It affects it with the teacher. And even then that's a different dynamic, but when it is student to student in a student led group, uh, it's, it's very easy to, uh, and this is the thing that I think is good about smaller groups that are friends with each other. It's you get a sense of accountability, not just to the like vague idea of the group and what the group represents, but to each other. And then through that, you figure out what the group represents because it's about the relationship between each of you guys, both socially and musically. So like, so yeah, that's, I, I think those are important things that you, uh, that you recognize They're like, Hey, this might've been an issue, but Hey, we bonded this way. And Hey, these are some of the 
things we faced and how can we adjust how we schedule rehearsals or how can we adjust how we communicate with each other when it comes to rehearsals, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why I think these kind of year-end reflections, which I hope to do more of with other groups, are so valuable because, you know, when you're out of the uh, bubble of your university and you, like, look back, like, how did I do Timberman this year? It's like, oh, wow, I didn't notice I was doing that. And now that I don't have the stress of the world and juries and, you know, papers and musicology on, you know, on me, I can look at this stuff more critically. So that's, um, I think, I think it's good that you're bringing up these points. Cause those are, those are things that all groups should be critically looking at and being self-aware about. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right about the, uh, reflecting. Um, it does, everything does seem a lot different. Um, when I'm looking at it now versus during the school year, when I was having all these feelings and stresses and <laughs> freaking out about concert dates and everything and now i'm looking back and i can say wow i was overreacting about this tiny little thing but there are all these other good things that happened or wow there was this thing that happened that i didn't notice but i should change that yeah. um so i think reflection is definitely a, a really vital part of being a part of an acapella group yeah i think um yeah, I think all of that makes a ton of sense. I know for me, uh, what I actually did was I looked back through the uh, group, the group chat and the group, the Facebook group where we discussed, can we make this thing work or can we do this? And I'll like see ideas that people suggested where I like was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, ooh, like that did not work out for us. And I shouldn't have like, you know, checked off on that. And I shouldn't have said, yeah, this is fine. Whereas other stuff, I look at it and I'm like, oh, this was good. I'm glad I committed to this or, Ooh, next year I should be more flexible towards this idea. And like, honestly, just like go on a group's, like just having a written record of a group's communication, like almost like, you know, fraternities have when they have like the minutes or like, you know, in Senate, you know, with where everything's recorded, stuff like that. You can, you know, they're not just because like, Hey, remember when I said this, it's like, look, here's the dynamic of the group and here's how we come to decisions. How is this going to affect stuff next year? And sometimes you have to learn how to like, appeal to people you have to learn to like okay this person really likes this or this person really values their free time how am i going to word how i say things next year so they're always at rehearsal just stuff like that where you like psychologically um uh and analyze stuff to see uh how your group uh treats each other and reacts to each other because that's what makes a group work if you all fight the whole time and you don't like each other uh that'll come <laughs> through the music making so I think uh, all this is like, you know, I think what Wyatt and I are saying is like uh, our encouraging listeners is like, take this time to be very reflective. Take your time to relax now that the year is over, but definitely look back and be like, hmm, what worked, what didn't, and do that both with your group and also do it just by yourself, especially if you're the leader and just look at it and say, hmm, uh, this could have been better. This could have been worse. You know, uh, all that stuff is super important for improving as a group because i know throughout uh, timberman i felt each semester got better and better uh and that's because i think besides me just learning how to do things musically i learned how to facilitate uh group discussions and how to tell someone that need, they needed to learn their part in a way that didn't discourage them etc cetera, etc cetera. all these things are like big skill building things that are honestly really important to choir directors and stuff like that and also just like communication skills when you're working in, like in a job and whatnot so uh Acapella groups, uh, especially being the leader of one, can teach you a ton about a ton of stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Again, right on the head with the <laughs> got it. Cool. So we're going to take one more quick break here. We're going to listen to a fun tune that Wyatt picked out for us, and then we're going to be right back here on Acapella. 
A long, long time ago I can still remember How that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Then good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye. Singing, this'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. Now for ten years we've been on our own and must grow. Fat on a rolling stone But that's not how it used to be When the jester sang for the king and queen In a coat he borrowed from James Dean And a voice that came from you and me Oh, and while the king was looking down The jester stole his thorny crown Nobody was returned And while Lenin read a book on Marx A quartet practiced in the park And we sang dirges in the dark The day the music died And we were singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove a Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry The good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this will be the day that I die This will be the day that I die Oh, and there we were all in one place A generation lost in space With no time left to start again So come on, Jack, be nimble Jack, be quick Jack Flash sat on a candlestick Cause fire is the devil's only friend Oh, and as I watched him on the stage My hands were clenched in fists of rage No angel born in hell Could break that Satan's spell Into the night To light the sacrificial rite I saw Satan laughing with delight The day the music died And he was singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry 
sang the blues, and I asked her for some happy news, but she just smiled and turned away. I went down to the sacred store where I'd heard the music years before, but the man there said the music wouldn't Streets, the children screamed, the lovers cried, and the poets dreamed, but not a word was spoken. The church bells all were broken, and the three men I admire most, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they caught the last train for the coast. The day the music died, and they were singing bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye. Singing, this'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old were drinking whiskey and rye, singing this will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Singing this will be the day that I die. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock on our app, on TuneIn Radio, and online at acaville.org. And welcome back to Acapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, with my good buddy, Wyatt Jackson. Uh, we've been talking today all about the group I started, The Timbermen, which Wyatt is the current musical director of. It's been super fun going through uh, kind of a year-end review with Wyatt talking about things that did and didn't work and, uh, you know, what he's learned as a director and how I view a lot of his situation, having been the director at one point and then being removed and looking at it outside of the University of Puget Sound bubble. To wrap up this episode, Wyatt, if you could give your biggest piece of advice to first-year acapella musical directors, what would that be? Yeah, so I think, and th- this is going to sound like really generic and basic, but I'm going to try and explain what I mean by <laughs> it. Um, I'd say it's to be flexible. So, mm-hmm. like, you're probably going to go in to it having all these huge ideas like, oh, we're going to do this song and we're going to do this big thing and like get this gig here and it's going to be great. And we're going to do all these things and our rehearsals are going to be insanely productive. Like we're going to break a record for songs learned in <laughs> five weeks or whatever like that. Um, Cause I may have had some of those expectations going. I would in. have loved that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but 
it's I mean, it's the real world. It's never going to work out exactly like you planned. And you kind of just have to be prepared for it. And even if you don't have something ready when something different happens, be okay with it. Be okay with the fact that something else is happening from what you that's not what you planned and be willing to say, hey, it's okay. I may not be able to figure this out right now, but I'm either going to figure it out on my own or with uh, the other members of the acapella group and we're going to figure it out. Boom. Yeah, Wyatt, I absolutely agree because I think uh, for people like you and me who uh, were music majors or I was a music major, you are a music major um, who uh, you know are really invested in acapella, you know, everyone comes to a group with slightly, either slightly or widely different ideas of what they want out of it or wide the ideas of what they see a successful acapella group as. So I think it's important as you know, leaders of groups, and we will generally be the people most invested in its success. And but what is we have to be careful about is how narrowly we define our version of success, because success can be something different for us as it is for Colin or Castor, you know, any of the other members of the group. So uh, I think, you know, I, I think, yeah, flexibility is the biggest thing. And that's what I learned the tough way this year. Uh, and that's I'm hoping that I can implement that more last year. So I can think of no better way to wrap up this episode than flexibility be flexible do your stretches uh, god that was a bad bad joke i'm sorry i'm really sorry i'm really no, sorry to everyone great. who that heard perfect. that I like <laughs> all right so that is it for this week's episode of talk of hello wyatt thank you so much for coming on the show if people want to get a hold of you or timberman and see what they are all about how could they do that they can do that by finding us on facebook uh timberman acapella um that would probably be the best way to reach either the group or myself individually or any of the other members of the group. You can message uh, the page and uh, we'll get you in contact with uh, whichever one of us you want to talk to. If you want to talk to us, if you just want to complain to us about <laughs> something, I'm sure we can find one of us who's willing to listen to that too. We're also we also started uh, selling stickers. We have Timberman oh, official Timberman acapella stickers uh, for uh, two dollars each. Um, that may sound a little steep, but I promise you, it is the standard acapella sticker price on campus at University of Puget Sound. So I'm not inflating anything <laughs> here. <laughs> that okay? Send me like ten because I'm gonna put them like I'm gonna put them in every place that's like not okay. I'll put it on my car. I'll put it on like the wall of my like apartment which is like totally against the rules i'll put it like on my dog i, I want these timberman stickers man. <laughs> um sweet and then everyone if you want to get a hold of me you can find me on twitter at john lampus you can also tweet the station at Ockerville radio uh if you want to be on an episode of Tacapella, and if you want to do a year in review about your group and let me grill you about questions you are more than welcome to do that uh, hit me up if you want to be on an episode, you got an idea for an episode, or if you want to get involved here at Acaville, because we are always expanding. That is it for everything today on this week's episode of Tacapella. Wyatt, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast to have you on again. Well, thank you again for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to Tacapella, and for everything Acapella, stay tuned. I never knew. I never knew that everything was falling through That everyone I knew was waiting on a cue To turn and run when all I needed was the truth But that 
sound that's gathered It's coming down to nothing more than that I'd rather run the other way than stay The small candle is still standing wet and clears Everyone knows I'm in over my head Disengage to say that we agree and then never change. Soft and a bit until we all just get along. That's disregard. You find another friend and you discard. As you lose the argument in a cable car, hanging above as the canyon comes between Take all the time She's on your mind She's on your mind 